seven pitch. Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. It is Bedlam at the bank. Swung on, hit it, crossed, and the Phillies are going to lead it. Four to nothing. Now Harper sends one in the air, way back to right center. Everybody, welcome back to the Bell Ringers podcast. Your hosts, Colin Daly and Ben Goldstein. I'm not too happy with Phillies baseball right now, Ben. I don't know. I don't know about you. I mean, the, the Orioles series is great. Prior to that, it was a little shaky. Give me your insight on that. We'll jump. All in. right. We'll jump so, in so first of all, welcome to episode 34. Yeah, yeah, 34. 34. For wherever you're watching, such listening on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Get to that later. But right now, um, that Orioles series was great. Taking two of three and the two games they took and the way they did it was very awesome. Before that, I was getting a little nervous, but I think um, this team is based on vibes. We all know that. And the vibes seem good right now, especially off that series. So I think we're in for a good like stretch right now. I think we might be back for it. I agree, Ben. Those were two very playoff-esque wins. The style of those wins, they were close games. The pitching was good. The bats did what they needed to do. I think that's a really good sign for the Phillies when their pitching is good and their offense is consistent. They're a very, very challenging team to beat. Now, all, one player, all the vibes. All the vibes. All the vibes. You love the vibes. Now, there's one player in particular who was uh, not very helpful, productive, in that stand, and who is that? Not, the vibes are not with him, that's for sure. No, that's going to be Trey Turner. Uh, first game of the Orioles series, he goes 0 for 2, makes two errors at shortstop before being ejected by the home plate umpire for arguing a called strike three that he thought was below the zone. It wasn't, spoiler alert, it was definitely a strike. Um, a part of me wants to say that Trey Turner wanted to get ejected. I hope that's not the case. Um, but I'm very glad that he got the third game of the Orioles series off. There's a Phillies off day today, which is good. It gives him 48 hours to kind of reset. And uh, he's really going to need to come around and find his own going down the stretch here. Or it's going to be hard to keep playing him every day with the numbers that he's putting up. Yeah, it's um, it's really concerning. What It's just – it's like – it's weird because I feel like it's always happened to the sign a big-name player. So with Bryce Harper, he wasn't – Bryce Harper in 2019. He, he still had a great year, but he didn't. He wasn't Bryce Harper. Um, so, I mean, the Castellanos last year was horrible. And, but Trey Turner this year, it's really concerning. Um, and you might have his stats up right now. Do you? I do. Okay. I have a, I have a couple things up. I'm looking at his spray chart right now. And per usual, he is hitting the ball to all fields. The difference, I mean, though, is there's he's not still, a lot, there's... He's still, if he's second now, he still is the top two leading with the hits in Philly, with the Phillies team. He's still getting base hits, kind of. He's getting, he still, he still leads the team in hits, maybe one or two. But he's not Please. getting as many as he should. He's not getting as many as he did. He's not, he's grounding into a lot. He's grounding in, just his situational hitting's horrible. His defense has been 
really concerning. It's just there's something off. Yes. So Turner is third on the team in hits. He trails Bryson Stotts, 113, and Nick Kostianos is 111. But overall, concerning year for Turner. Um, he doesn't have power to the right side of the field. He's only pulling pulling balls for, for power. His chase rate is ridiculously low. He's in the 11th percentile in all of Major League Baseball and chase chase rate. His uh, whiff percentage at 23 percentile, barrel 36 percentile. All these are concerningly no, concerningly low numbers. And even the things that he typically relies on, like having good exit velocities, hard hit percentages, average exit velocities, are average at best right now. And um, that is not what you want to see from a guy who you're paying $300 million for the next 11, I guess we'll say 10 and a half seasons. Yep. Overall, he's hitting 245 with an OPS of 681, both those numbers. Specifically, the OPS, not where you want him to be. I mean, the OPS is pretty far below league average. So a lot of concern there. And honestly, it's hard to diagnose a specific problem with Turner right now, other than the fact that his plate discipline is... Let's see what's a good word to come up with here. An abomination? Yeah, it, it's, it's horrible. I'm struggling to pl- plug in my phone here. I'll yeah, get back in camera in a second. Oh, is that my... You can see my arm. That's awkward. There we go. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a strange season for Turner. And while I do fully expect him to turn it around next year and for hopefully years to come, it, it's just hard to envision him getting back on track this season. Nothing has indicated improvement. I mean, he, he had a couple hot stri- hot streaks beginning of may he had a he had a decent hit streak but recently i mean he's he's hitting 213 in his last 15 games um 238 in his last 30 games make it even worse 148 average and a 259 slug in his last seven games he has just four hits it's weird yeah it's 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 like it's i don't like know how to describe because it's, it felt like something was going to go wrong. Because I always look at the, I feel like with sports, sometimes there's always, especially Philadelphia sports, something always ends up being like really wrong. Um, and this is one of those cases where it's just, something's up. Um, I don't know if it's the transfer from the West Coast back to the East Coast, um, which I don't know if that would do anything because he, he likes the East Coast, or if it's just, there's something going on right now. I, I think these two days off are going to be big. They're going to be good for him. And we'll see where it goes. You know, I see shades of what happened to Nick Castellanos. And I know we've been making this comparison ever since he really started struggling the end of May. And it became it became apparent. But if you remember, Nick Castellanos started off that season hitting well. Do you know what? Do you know? Sorry, last season he started off hitting well. Do you know what Trey Turner's batting average was on was on April seventeenth? So that's like your fifth, sixth series of the season. I don't know if I want to know. No, no, it's good. Oh, it is good. Uh, three thirty-eight. Oh, he was hitting three thirty-eight on the seventeenth of April. That's kind of depressing. It is. Same thing happened with Nick Castellanos last year. He got off to an incredibly hot start, and then those submetrics, those things that you don't necessarily see on the surface in batting average and OPS. His luck kind of ran out. He hasn't had hard contact consistently all season. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that now with his his line at 245 hitter, which is 
worth about, oh, I don't know, a fifth of his contract? Yeah, I'd say about a fifth of his contract. So, so. here's my question, and I feel like you, you're a math guy, so you'd have fun with this. If you had to give him a contract now from how he's been playing this season, what would the contract be that you would give him? So are you saying that, like, he continues this level of play throughout the rest of his – Like, with how he's playing now. Like, that's how that's how a player is. Like, I don't think I'm going to change it much. I mean, sure, I'm not going to give him however much he's making this season um, because that's kind of unreasonable. I would right? – maybe – I would maybe go the league minimum. He's no. Been... He, okay, so he's making $27 million this season. That's his average. For, for the 11 years he's here. So, seven million a year. I think I would go this year, five million. Yeah. So, let's take, so, so let's say we're taking 22 million off of that. So, there you go. That's a 11 year, $278 million contract. Cause I'm, I'm still convinced that he is going to be a $27 million player for a few years to come here. I, can only, you, I can only hope at this point. Although Cassiano's turned around. So, Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's not going to turn around this season. No. It might get better. It he should. Might... It, here, I'm going to tell you something right now. It can't get worse. It can't get much worse than what it is now. It can't get much worse. He's been brutal. I mean, he strikes out at the least convenient times. He doesn't hit the ball hard at all. His swings are lazy. He's chasing and chasing it. Not only an absurd number of pitches, he's chasing at absurd pitches. Like sliders that aren't breaking start two inches off the plate. Like, that's just – it's something that very few major league hitters – very few major league hitters swing at that pitch. Therefore, Trey Turner shouldn't swing at that pitch. He, he, he has a great, great hitting ability that we've seen for, I don't know, five, six years now at the big league level, and he still can't – he can't – he has not brought that into 2023 and into Philadelphia with him. And, and that's super concerning. There's no other way to put it. It's, it's good. Now, Ben, if you do want to go watch Trey Turner, and, uh, you know, it's brutal. I did it once. I don't have any plans to go back because it was gross. How would we do that? Tell me how we would do that. Um, how you would do it, you would go to SeatGeek, SeatGeek, the ticketing app that can – it's the, if it's the best way to buy tickets, it's the easiest way. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. All you got to do, go to where you're going to buy tickets, get the tickets you want, and use code Philly Sports Reports. P, no, no spaces. P-H-I-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-P-O-R-T. If you're watching on YouTube from the bottom of the screen, um, you save $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I would do it. Save money. It's easy. So yeah. Again, SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app, your first code. Or your first time using it, use code SeatGeek. Or use code Philly Sports Report at SeatGeek. You will save $20 off your first purchase. I love it. I want to have to do that next time. Make sure make sure I get my discount help out PSR. It's a win-win there. Then I've got a little minor league update for you. Oh, Today was a big... A big, big day. A couple of the Phillies draft prospects made their debuts for the Florida Complex League team. Uh, they lost to the FCL Tigers today. Sorry, they won. They beat the oh. they beat 
the FCL Tigers, excuse Let's me. Let's go! Seven. They improved to 19 and 16 on the season. Uh, Aiden Miller, your first round pick, 27th overall. Uh, the high school bat, he goes three for four with an RBI. He had two doubles and a single. Uh, Bryson Ware, your eighth round pick out of Auburn, 0 for four with a strikeout. He left five runners on base today. He's still looking for his first professional hit. Avery Owusu Asiedu. Who? From, from Southern Illinois. Well, what what was that name? How do you spell it? Avery Owusu Asiedu. How do you spell that? You're going to have to look that one up. It's long. Um, he goes two for four with, how do you know how to say it, but you can't spell it? I don't know how to say it. That's just the pronunciation I'm going with. Okay. Um, he goes two for four with an RBI. Zach Arnold, uh, he's an infielder, 14th round from Houston. He did not record a hit, but he reached base on a walk. And uh, A.J. Shaver, the seventh round selection, he got his first major league hit. Get this, Ben. It was a grand slam. Wow. Yeah, Mick Abel, he's on the bump for the double-A uh, fight and fills tonight, 4.39 ERA over 14 starts. And uh, behind him, Ben, Carlos De La Cruz, he'll play first base and bat second for the fight and fills tonight. He is a guy to be on the lookout for come the trade deadline in six days. If he's not put on the 40-man roster. six days? Yes. It's crazy, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Summer's coming to he, it. And summer's coming to an end very quickly. Don't say that. We don't need to hear that. It's so scary. It is. But yeah, so so De La Cruz, if he's not put on the forty man roster uh, by the end of the or sorry before the off season begins, then he will become a minor league free agent. Any team has the right to sign him. Not good. Um, your standout guy, Orion Kirkering, continues to dominate. He's in Double A Reading now. On the season, he has a 1.72 ERA. His best ball has reached 102 miles per hour with a very, very good slider. Uh, importantly, your first round pick from a couple, from not a couple, two years ago, Andrew Painter underwent successful Tommy John surgery and a successful Can we talk about transposition that? surgery. We are going to touch on that, Ben. What are the expectations? Usually Tommy John surgery takes around 15 to 18 months to return. He also had this nerve transposition surgery on the same elbow. So what are your expectations for him next season and beyond? 2025. I agree. It's it's a shame because he's going to be so good. Um, He was supposed to be so good. And this could really – he is he, what's he, 19? He's it's, 20. Okay, he's 20. Turned 20 in April. This could really cause an issue. I'm taking away two years. Um, and it's I'm nervous because he's young. I know that a lot of guys get this surgery and they come back better, but have we seen the twenty year old come back and be better from time to time? Yeah, we have seen that. I mean, so there was a study put out by the university. And you're of and you're wasting more time from his career. He could have been up at twenty one and you would well, have more. That doesn't years. matter. He's gonna make his major league debut when he's twenty two years old. It doesn't uh, matter. Twenty three. We won't see him until we won't see him until 2026. 26? We're not going to see him in the major leagues until 2026. That's wrong. Um, <laughs> that, that's wrong. I'm just going to say that's wrong. A okay. study by the University of Penn showed that I believe it was a number in the 70s, the 70% of young athletes who get Tommy John surgery or any type of collateral ligament um, reconstruction um, come back 
stronger. And this was shown with a huge sample they did on young pitchers. And I assume there are a couple infielders in there too. Um, sometimes your third baseman and shortstop have to get it. All right. Well, I'm. Go- I don't know why. Here's another question I have. Why didn't he just get the surgery, like, like, what was it? Four months ago. Well, that's true. But you just said it yourself. He at the time he was 19 years old, and there's no point to have a 19 year old pitcher have surgery that he might not need, especially on a contend now team. And I mean, just, just think about that from a common sense standpoint too. Why would you give someone a surgery you're not 100 percent sure that he needs? It, it doesn't make sense. I'm not a medical professional. The only thing that you could argue there is that how that usually works is anything that's that's in your tendon or it has to do with that, it usually starts with a partial tear or inflammation. And then when there's a full tear, that's when you have to get reconstruction surgery. So you hear like things like tendonitis, that's inflammation. Some of these other strains that guys get, um, those are your partial tears and through physical therapy, the your, your muscle tissue and your tendons will realign and will my, through mitosis go back together but for a guy like painter there's no reason to rush it again he's going to make his major league debut when he's 22 you say 23 because you're a pessimist and i'm a pessimist and i say 22 so there's just no reason to give him a surgery that you're not 100 sure he needs and i mean sure you could go and complain to the Phillies medical staff and say you should have you should have predicted that he was going to need it but again, at the end of the day, you can't be frustrated with a guy making a major league debut at 22 years old. All right, whatever. This is why I watch sports and don't get into Are you wearing the St. Louis Cardinals shirt? I am. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it. Honestly, I, I, I looked down to see what I was wearing. Well, it's, it's not a Cardinals shirt. It's a Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright shirt. I feel like what, there's a difference. What team do they play for? Yeah, Adier Molina coaches his son's travel team in like Puerto Rico. All right, so shut up. Shut up. That's who I'm a fan of. I'm done. Um, You're going to the logistics about health, and the whole time I couldn't get over the Arena Cardinal shirt. I'm sorry. Anyway, my last piece of mind of the news for you. Oh, Have boy. Do you realize how good the Clearwater Threshers are? No. They're 62 and 30 on the season. At one point, they had the best record in all of professional baseball. And uh, they've done – they're playing again tonight, 6.30. They've been really fun to watch. I only got to catch a game, one of their games. But um, obviously, you know, I can't just go to a Threshers game. They're kind of like a 1,000 miles away from here. But um, they've had some really impressive players. Justin Crawford, he is hitting uh, 3.31 the season, still struggling to elevate the ball. You saw him hit a couple line drives in the Futures game, which is good. Another guy who doesn't get talked about too much um, – He's a guy they drafted last year, Cade Fergus. He leads the team with 10 home runs. He has an 838 OPS. And uh, he was a college bat when they when they drafted him. I would expect him to see a promotion um, within the next few weeks. But with all this prospect talk, Ben, this leads us into the trade deadline. Some Thank of these you. guys are not going to be Phillies next week. All right. So, I'm going to tell you who I think could get shipped out from the minor leagues, Uh-oh. and you're going to tell me who you want to get shipped in. Okay. Who's starting? Read the boring yeah. stuff first and get my prospect. Yeah, I figured you were going to say that. No one wants to listen to me unless you're a prospect head. Which I'm not. So there are a couple guys. Um, Carlos De La Cruz is a big one that stands out to me. I know his name. That's good. You, you should have seen him in uh, Jersey Shore when you were there. He was probably their center fielder that day. I'm almost positive. 
I know all I remember. Or, all I remember from that is that Andrew Painter pitched like two X. Him or it would be Jared Carr, one of the two. Jared Carr is still in Jersey Shore though; he hasn't progressed much. Um, so I definitely see Carlos De La Cruz being one of the names that the Phillies try to get rid of. Uh, their outfield it's pretty locked up. You have two more years of Kyle Schwarber, three more years of Nick Castellanos. Johan Rojas is looking pretty good. Um, at the major league level so far, even though I would argue he's probably not major league ready, I think he'll end up back in AAA in a few weeks or at the end. Definitely the next season he'll be in AAA. Um, we've got a couple other guys at that level. Of course, the, here's your, your depth guys, Christian Pache, Brandon Marsh, who you have for a while. So I think that, and especially like I, I mentioned earlier, De La Cruz is a minor league free agent at the end of the season, unless the Phillies add him to the 40-man roster at some point. I believe the same goes for Simone Muziati. He's also an outfielder who I think has a very good chance of getting traded. He has success at a high level of play. He's been up to AAA, had success there. So that's definitely a possibility. Um, Usually there's – you don't usually trade your younger guys here. They've had a couple guys who have had very good seasons – of course, how you Lee uh, from Jersey Shore instead of decent year he's put together. Um, when we pan, I believe is his name. I could be butchering that. He is a very, very good pitcher with a good splitter and slider. Um, and he's been pitching, I believe, for the Threshers. Yes, for the Threshers. And um, again, talented guy who I don't see getting dealt. The only way that a lot of these younger guys are going to get dealt in your FCL teams, um, your DSL teams, your low A, or if the Phillies are going for a big guy, a Bellinger, who I know Ben doesn't like, or I don't think that a Soto is going to get traded. I don't think the Phillies will trade for a pitcher like Stroman, uh, Mitch Keller. But if one of those guys were to be traded to the Phillies, those younger guys, like I mentioned, could be an added bonus to get that trade through, make it more enticing if you're on the receiving end of the prospects in that situation. But, Ben, tell me who you want to get from the trade deadline. Who's on your radar? Uh, I mean, I think you can never have enough pitching has always been my philosophy with not only just base, not only fantasy baseball, but also Major League Baseball. Um, always take a pitch first round, and they always get hurt. Put the ground this year. Um, anyway, my, uh, I, don't, I don't know who I want because – it's like oh, I'm gonna give you one. It's one like thing so. It, okay, here. Okay, go. If you tell me you want a starting pitcher for anything other than depth, I'm logging off this call. Just putting that out there. Well, that was the only reason I would want starting pitching. I wouldn't mind, but going and overpaying a tad bit for a guy like Rich Hill, you can stash in the bullpen if you have to. Yeah, I mean um, bullpen, bullpen depth is really necessary um i think and then you need you need a you need a bench bat there are a couple think, arguments about the i think it's idea. kind of like it's kind of, this is going to end up being like last year's trade deadline except you're not getting a brandon mush you're not going to get you're not going to get you're not going to get huge guys that are going to crazily influence your team like david robinson didn't crazily influence the phillies last year noah Syndergaard had a few big starts at the playoffs and LDS game four. I thought I was at that game. He was incredible for his four innings. He's not going to crazy influence your team. Uh, who else? Edmundo Sosa 
has influenced the Phillies, I guess you could say. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's really not. I want to go back to what you said about getting a reliever. There are a couple approaches here. I think each of them has validity. So I talked to someone on Twitter, to be honest with you. I don't remember who it is. I interact with a lot of people on there. And I was like, you can never have too many bullpen arms. And their their response, again, I think there's some validity to this, was, well, sure you can. When you get back, when you get back uh, Alvarado, you're probably going to get rid of Kobe. Finally. But then after that, who are you getting rid of? I mean, Andrew Vasquez has had a good season numbers-wise. I could get behind stashing him at AAA for the time being. Junior Jeff Marte? Hoffman's been electric. Yeah, but Junior Marte has an ERA in the low twos since he's been recalled from AAA. His Made stuff is very, very good. I don't I don't love Andrew him. Andrew Bellotti? Bellotti's in AAA. Oh, yeah. Why? So, I don't so understand. I, I understand the point there. It's hard to get behind getting a reliever when there isn't a – um, a tactile spot in the bullpen for him. But at the same time, I want, I also I mentioned taking – I didn't mention it on here, but I've said it on Twitter. I know Destiny Legardo mentioned it on Twitter. Taking a Braves-esque approach, right? Our one strength right now is the bullpen. Healthy, you've got Kimbrel, Soto, Alvarado, Dominguez in the back end, Strom, Hoffman, Vazquez, Marte in the middle. That's, that's a very, very strong core. I would love to see the Phillies improve upon something that's already good, making it go from good to great. That's what the Braves did with their offense when they won the World Series in 2021, adding guys like Rosario. I think they added Jock Peterson. Mm. And I think that could work for the Phillies with their bullpen. Because think about the games where they're losing 3-1, to 4-1. to one. They bring in a guy like, um, like a Vasquez or a Marte, a Covey. And then that 3-1 becomes... 5-1-6-1, now that game's out of reach. If you improve your bullpen to make something that's good, great, that 3-1, stage 3-1, and gives your offense that many more opportunities to come through, score runs, and maybe get a comeback win that you maybe didn't earn because your starting pitcher had a rough start, your offense was quiet for the first six innings, but you have a good core of relievers you can bring in even when you're losing and not have your bullpen be short on our be short on arms the next day and the following day, and you can still grab a win. It's super complicated. You can look at it from multiple angles. Of course, there's a financial aspect. There's the what prospects do we have to give up for this? Is this what we want to spend our prospects on? But I, but I almost want to say yes, yes, yes. Trade, trade, trade. Because look at the Phillies roster right now. Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, Real Muto are all in their primes. Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott is hitting 304 this season. He's had a really good year. And I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to pull it up right now. I don't know what it is exactly. I have my notes. It wasn't on here. His expected batting average is significantly lower than what it was supposed to be or than what it is, which makes me wonder, is this 30? I think he's hitting 300 right now, 299. Is this sustainable from Stott? Do you think it's sustainable? Because I don't think it's sustainable. I can't hear you. Your mic's off. Oh, no. Test, test, test. You're good. Okay. You're really looking at it like this? 
Come on. How else am I going to look at it? Come on. Enjoy Batting it. Batting average is an outdated. I'm not going to enjoy it. This is <laughs> realism, man. Realism. Um, I think, but I don't think he's going to hit 300 every year. Um, Thank I don't you. think he's going to hit 300 for the rest of the season. I, he might for the rest of the season, honestly. But he's going to be a high average guy for the rest of his career. He's going to be, how I'm looking at him, a Chase Sutley without the crazy power is how I'm looking at Bryson Stott. And if he can develop that power, he is going to be possibly the best second baseman in the MLB if he can develop a power um, like Chase Sutley did. Um, yeah, so he has a 265 expected batting average. Really? That's it? Yeah. Wow. And his expected slug. Got a whopping, ooh, 377. How many home runs so, does that have this year? I want to say 10, but I don't know if that's right. Let's look it up. He has, hold on, it's coming up now. I feel like I should. Maybe not. Who knows? Bryce and Jeremy Stott. Nine. Okay. I mean, that's kind of kind of where I expect it to be. If he can develop. So hold that... on. I'm gonna fe- I'm gonna make up a stat here. XOPS. So he said 377, right? If he has a 265 average, what can we give him for his on base percentage? Should we give him benefit of the doubt and give him 300? His on base percentage so. is 342. Okay, so 42 points. Say he's hitting 300 right now. Um. Well, I'm not. I know that math isn't exactly right, but we'll go 265 plus the 42. That's an OPS under 700 with those expected stats. He's a 772 OPS right now. He's been good this year. Very, very good. Sustainable, but if he keeps up, if he does not improve upon what he's already doing, he's going to be an average hitter at best. Oh, I, Kevin Long is his hitting coach. I think he's going to improve. I'm I'm looking positively at Bryson Stott and his future. I have a genuine question for you, and I could be completely off base here. I don't even know that much. What does Kevin Long know that Bryson Stott doesn't know? He's been around the game for a long time. Good lord. <laughs> He's it's just a guy. He's just a guy that's there that's going to help in any way, shape, or form. It's just that's what a hitting coach is. They're just there for help, and that's what he's going to do. He can hmm. add some power to his swing, like he did for some other guys. Don't say Alec Bum. I was going to say some other guys. I wasn't going to go into names. Go into names. Pipe it down over there. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm in, a, I'm in a bit of an aggressive mood today. I'm kind of. Really giving everyone the fist. So give me some names. I want to hear who Kevin okay. Long has given more power. And don't say Christian Pache. He doesn't even have 100 at-bats with the Phillies. I don't want to hear that. Well, he developed Bryce's thoughts, or Bryce Harper's major league swing. Mine is nearly identical to those that he had in the Nationals. Everything is it's a little was, bit better, but not much. Bryce, Bryce, Kevin Long was the hitting coach for the Nationals when Bryson's... When Bryce Bryson Harper has been hitting 500-foot home runs since he was in high school. Next. Different pitchers. Um, when Kyle Schwarber was slumping when he was with the Cubs, he got traded to the Nationals with Kevin Long, immediately started hitting an insane amount of home runs. Coincidence... And what's happening now? A coincidence, I don't think so. I think it was, because what's happening now? 
same two dudes and a lot lower batting average. All right, man. Relax. I don't have names on my board. I'm looking at a Bryson stat, stat sheet. But he's helped out hitters. He's helped out Alec Bohm. I'll give you that. He's a good hitting coach. He's a good hitting coach. He's helped out Alec Bohm. Bryson I got Scott. a question for you. Unrelated. Oh, my God. Now I think I, I, th- I think I need, to, I need to calm down. I might go get myself a nice hot cup of tea while you tell me what you have against Cody Bellinger. It's just there's certain guys that I don't like in the MLB, and for some reason Cody Bellinger is that guy. I don't know if it's because he was a Dodger and I hate the Dodgers for some reason. I just don't like Cody Bellinger. I don't know why. I don't think I think he's a. I don't think he's that good. Have you not seen like anything? I mean, I'd I'm rather, sorry. That was. Eric I'd rather. Thompson. I'd rather have <laughs> Johan Rojas in center field and Brandon Marsh in left field. <laughs> what is that face? Have you not seen Cody Bellinger's year? He's been unbelievable. He failed at a big market in L.A. You think he's going to be even better in Philadelphia? Well, you're only going to find out if you try. I th- I don't know what they would trade for him. Who they're going to give away? Yeah, what do you what are the what would the Cubs want for Cody Bellinger? Well, you have to remember that he's this is a rental. So, like, well, how many years is his contract? How, how, Big is his contract. How much do we have to pay for him? I don't know how much we're gonna have to pay for him. I don't know if there's any details in the contract. If like the whole, if he gets traded, I also know that he has a thing about comeback player of the year, and he's going to be owed a certain amount of money if he wins that. Um, and you have to remember, Ben, that you're you're paying here for player. You're not paying for any length here. You're getting him for a few months. So to answer your question, realistically. I don't think more than one, maybe two prospects, and you can get the job done. I saw one on Twitter today. It was Carlos De La Cruz and Gabriel Rincones Jr. De La Cruz, we've talked about. I don't know if it's pronounced Rincones or Rincones. Um, He was the Phillies' second-round pick, I want to say, in 2022. And he's he's a lot of power. the stats don't necessarily jump off the charts, which makes me think that some teams would be reluctant um, to – more than they wouldn't be interested in them. So that's definitely a concern in terms of the trade market. So the Phillies might value him, I'm saying, more than other teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I guess if we're going to take an outfielder from them, they might want an outfielder in return. Uh, you could – De La Cruz probably isn't major league ready. It, they could try it, but I don't think it would be overly successful, to be honest with you. And Rincones is definitely not ready. That would be more of a future hold him in the minor leagues. Hopefully he pans out to be a, a good a good player in two, three years. But um, I don't really think a package for Bellinger would be overwhelming. It's possible they might want some pitching because they're likely going to trade Kyle Hendricks and Marcus Stroman. Um Exactly. There's your. There's my problem. The pitching. Who are you going to trade that pitch? Are you going to trade McAble? Are you going to trade Andrew Painter? That's who the Cubs are going to want. For no, we're not trading Andrew Painter unless we're going to get Otani. Soto. What are your thoughts on Otani being off the trade market? Arenado. He wasn't going to get traded anyway. I mean, it changes nothing. It literally changes nothing. There was a zero percent chance of him getting traded. Mark my words. 
Okay. I bet you someone would have given someone would have given him some kind of deal. I bet you, and the Angels would have been. Art Moreno. Once, I think Art Moreno. Don't get first of all. Don't get me wrong. Shohei Otani is the best player to ever play baseball, but I think Art Moreno would overvalue him. That that's my that's my thing on that. But no, I don't think a deal for Bellinger would be overwhelming. Well, um, uh, Bell. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off there. Bellinger's last three games, seven games, twenty nine abs. He scored three runs. He has ten hits, three homers, eleven RBIs, no walks, three strikeouts. He's has an average of three forty five and on base percentage of three twenty three and a slugging of seven twenty four in his last seven. So he's hot. In his last fifteen, he has an average of three sixty two with seven homers. He's been really good. He can play first base. He can play the outfield. It solves every problem the Phillies need. Like, there is no worst-case scenario with Bellinger. And I guess you could say worst-case scenario. He cripples in the Philadelphia market, like Ben suggested earlier. I don't like the number 24, though, on the Phillies. Ah, good Lord. Was he 24 with the Dodgers? No. No, he was not. There's no way. There's no way. I don't know anyone's number who's not on the Phillies. There's no way he was numbers are so irrelevant. I know Judge is ninety nine. I know Trout's twenty seven. That's it. There's no way he was twenty four. He was thirty five. I knew there it. you go. Knew it. I yeah, was like, um, I was like, what? But you see, there is there 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 are the Phillies have pitching prospects aside from. Three. I mean, like I said, Orion Kirkering. Ridiculous, ridiculous year. I've never um, heard of him in my life. I literally mentioned him like 15 minutes ago. What's um, his name? Orion Kirkering. 102 mile per hour fastball, plus plus slider. Oh, that guy. Uh, Alex McFarlane is having a pretty good season. Um, there are guys. They might not be guys you hear about because it happens that three of our best prospects happen to be pitchers. But there are a plethora of minor league guys who teams would be really willing to uh, swoop up um, at the deadline. And that works in Philly's favor. So I guess I would say my deadline, they're, they're not getting Bellinger, honestly. They're going to get a, a f- good reliever. I think we should just stick Jake Cave. We should stick with Jake Cave. He knows, how to catch, he knows how to catch baseballs. Johan Rojas can do it better. Is Johan Rojas putting his life on the line, banging into walls? I don't think so. Jake Cave is my left fielder. <laughs> Jake Cave can go <laughs> bury himself in a cave. That was not very... like in, in like a, not like in like a die way, just like a hang out in the cave and don't come back way. That was um, very um. I'll make sure the cave has nice amenities, but it doesn't have to be in Philadelphia. Um. No, Johan Rojas in center. Can he at least get? Can he at least get some like Wawa or something? He's not Kyle Schwarber. He doesn't need Wawa. He can um, have a hoagie. Fine, he can have a hoagie. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I think you're gonna get a bullpen guy, and probably a right-handed bat. I don't think they're gonna go Bellinger. Um, because the lefty bat? and. Oh. No, they're going to get a right-handed bat. They're not going to go Bellinger because he's a lefty. It could be, like you said, potentially expensive. 
Um, I don't think Fam. He's he's a little bit of a strange bird. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff on Twitter about Tommy Fam. Oh yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like Tommy Fam at all. I do not like Tommy Duvall Fam. is not going to get traded. I Richick, I'm not sold on. Brent Rooker I, would be nice. What is Tommy Fam? I can get tweet? behind Brent Rooker. Wait, were you saying Tommy Fam tweet stuff? Or? Yeah, he put um, do milfs not drugs. Oh, that was hilarious. I don't need that in our clubhouse. No. Um, it's we bad vibes. Yeah, those aren't the vibes you have though. <laughs> He's like, come sit in the corner and complain with me vibes. We have oh! dancing on my own vibes. I'm right over here, watching, watching you see Copyright. Yes, of course, of course. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, my my prediction give me bullpen arm. Honestly, I would be thrilled. Give me Brent Rooker and David Bednar. That would be ridiculous. Bednar is electric out of the pen. Rooker, I don't. It's crazy to say. I don't know if he would play every day. Um. Is he, I don't even know. Is he lefty or righty? I'm out here saying names. I don't even know who these people are. Um, That's how I, I, I believe he's a righty. Prospects. That's how I feel when we talk about prospects. When I talk about what? Well, oh, pro- <laughs> uh, yeah, he is a righty. So I see them going and grabbing Brent Rooker. Um, 16 home runs. He's only hitting 239, but he's been a home run guy. And the Phillies do not have that aside from – um, Thank you, Schwarber. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> but I mean, you can look at those numbers, Ben. 188 compared to 239, there's a difference there. Um, and I don't even know if Schwarber's still up at 188. That was like in his good times. Um, my other, I don't know if I want to call it a concern, is, uh, is the starting pitching depth. Because right now, if one of our pitchers who, the thing is, on the surface, their numbers aren't great. I'll give you that. Suarez, on the surface, numbers aren't great. Same with Walker, Wheeler, Nola. They have been sneaky, sneaky good, though. Yeah, Tywan Walker. I mean, Walker. Christopher's – Tywan Walker, I'm okay with the way he's been. I, he has been done his good. job. Christopher Sanchez has by far done his job. He was excellent his last few starts. Best start of his career, undoubtedly. Um, in that game one against the Orioles, he went seven innings, allowed two runs. I think he struck out eight. Um, Zach Wheeler, he leads Major League Baseball's pitchers in F4. What does His... F4 mean? Mike, wait, are you asking or am I explaining it for? So F means fan graphs. Since it's not a calculated metric, it's something that is variable. It smells good in my house. I wonder if my mom is making dinner. Anyway, um, <laughs> notice that. Anyway, um, since it's a variable stat, it varies um, depending on where you look. Baseball reference and fan graphs are your big two. And his uh, 4.0 wins above replacement, which is basically a comparison to a, um, a comparable, reasonable player of the same position, meaning that Wheeler has been arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball this season, despite his ERA 3.88, which again, it's not terrible. If you look at some other starting pitchers, I mean, the Cardinals and Cubs on Saturday have Jamison, Tyone, 
who has an ERA in the sixes going against Adam Wainwright, who has an ERA in the sevens. So in the grand scheme of things, 3.88, not too, not too shabby. But his expected ERA is so much lower, which is why his war is so good. He's gotten ridiculously unlucky with the defense behind him. Um, he has the most amount of soft hits, like like low exit velocity base hits with any pitcher in baseball by a lot. So Wheeler's been sneaky good. Nola makes me want to blow my brains out every oh, time I watch him pitch. God. But other than the home runs, he has been one of the best. We've seen one of the best years from Nola. Aside from the home runs, I'll give you that. It's atrocious. His ERA is high. But he doesn't allow a lot of hits. Why he has such a low whip. Um, his curveball, when it, it's not as consistent as last year, but when it's there, it's good. Very good. Um, you want to hear who's very good? Who? Shohei Otani. Game one. Shohei Otani. Game one, he threw a complete game shutout, allowing that one hit. Game two, he hit a home run. We know. Not only, he has two home runs. Oh gosh, no way. Yeah, that man is not real. Uh, um, speaking of very good, the Phillies are having are tied for the second wild card spot. They were tied for first last night, but the Giants won. You replied to the tweet and you said, "Comical, sad, undeserving." Please explain. Did I say that? He said, comical, sad, undisturbing. At Ben Goldstein and I will talk more on the Bellwingers podcast tomorrow. Be there or don't be. What time was that last night? I want to know what I was doing that made me so angry. Uh, 9-11 p.m. <laughs> I think I was watching The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, did you uh, see Oppenheimer? I did not. It's so good. I'm not a, I'm not a movie guy. That's a mistake, you yeah, I know. Be. You should be. For I've been summer. binging a couple Netflix shows this summer. Very enjoyable. Um, um, you know what's more enjoyable? Sitting for three hours watching up. Good Do Lord. it. I I highly recommend it. Do it. Yeah, no, not a chance. Okay. Um, that's that's on you. No way. Well, what was my first adjective that I used? Comical. Well, yeah, these games have been pretty comical. It's comical because they're atrocious. The the Phillies the last week and a half. Um, five and five in the last ten. They've won their last ten. Just won the series against the best team in the American League. Second best team in baseball. Orioles will be cooling off in a few weeks. They're pitching. Listen. Actually, here's my bold take. The Orioles are not going to make it out of their first round of the playoffs. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they were swept. Pitching is huge, and the Orioles don't have it, period. That's it. Why are you disrespecting the O's? We like the O's. Who said I like the O's? Billy's teamed up with the Orioles for the All-Star game. I wrote about that in my series preview. Don't care. <laughs> in the article, I care, but truthfully, I don't care. If you want to know the real Collindale, you need to be on this podcast. because <laughs> the Orioles... unfiltered content. <laughs> The Orioles are – I'm sorry. The Orioles are overrated. They're not that good. I mean, like, their offense, they're starting Jorge Mateo. Let's be for real now. He – I mean, yes, he started off the season ridiculously hot. He was a good shortstop. He had very uncalled-for power. Um, he's been atrocious since. All right. The second. Well, yeah, what was the second one? Sad. 
that's how I feel every night at seven five or six forty <laughs> now. Um, Jesus, Colin. Well, here I'll give you I'll give you my reason for sad. Get this get this man to a therapist. Of the Phillies' last fourteen games, how many of those games have they gotten the first run in? One. Why can't I ever have something nice? Why can't we ever have something nice? Please score first. You know, maybe, just a suggestion. Maybe it's because the top two guys hitting in your lineup is a guy hitting 188 and a guy who has an OPS over 700. Under, sorry, under 700. Think there's a reason for that? Well, we're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend, so we have a little bit of hope. Uh, the third one you used, uh, undeserving. That just sums up the whole thing. They haven't been good the last few weeks. The offense is underwhelming. They still haven't eaten up. The only thing we've got going for us is Bryce Harper and Bryson Stott. They're the only two competent players right now, aside from the pitching staff. Ultimately, five and five is in a playoff team. You said you, you reasoned with me they're five and five in their last ten, but a playoff team would be six and four. They'd be seven and three. What about uh, Alec Bohm? You don't like what you beef with Alec Bohm, man. First of all, nice hair. your shirt. No one needs to see that. Um, that's just that's the Cassianos, right? But that's not my. Why is my computer having a stroke over here? It started making. There we go. It's back. Um, God. It just look. I don't have anything against Alec Bone, but you're not going. You're not going to like this. But he has a negative B war. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on! Stop he, it with your in... stupid stats! Stop! Please! They're not stupid stats. They're very valid stats. And listen, Alec Bowman has been better than his B-War gifts. Yeah, he has a positive F-War. That makes you feel better. I compared the two yesterday. All right, you ready for this, people? Um, for those who are listening, Colin's the math guy. I'm not. So if you want to listen to stats, follow Colin Daly on Twitter. If thank you. Want... you. If you still follow him, if, if you don't if like you stuff. want Oppenheimer content, that's your man. If you want real life stuff, not numbers, but how the team actually looks on the field, follow Ben Gold. He looks great on the field. His when he does the high socks, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. The hair's nice. I'll give him the hair. The hair. The hair I'm not nice. talking I'm, about know, that. I'm talking the about the performance. Like you were talking well, about yeah. Bryson Stott. And his performance has led to a negative 0.1 B-War. Who hit the walk-off the other night? Who's constantly getting up? Base? It barely, it barely squeaked through the infield. It was exactly what he needed to do. That's fair. Get a base hit. Again, Alec Bohm has been good this season. I will give him that. I have been impressed by his performance. Um, but he's he a negative people. Incredibly clutch. His defense has improved. But the whole Alec Bohm's an all-star third baseman. I never said that. I know you didn't say that, but people are saying this. This is a podcast to people, Ben. This isn't the Ben, this isn't the ben Goldstein show. This is all the right, people that's show. A, all right, I'm, the bo- I'm your boss, all right? Cool it down. Jeez. Can we rename this? I want to call it the people show. No. This all is right, the people what? show. What else do we have on this agenda that we need to talk about? Oh, the next week. Here we go. This is exciting. This is my favorite part. This is when I get to really lose it. 
like the pessimism just it all builds up to this so that's my favorite part um if i stop getting pop-ups on phillies.com it will load all right here we go the next week um we july is almost over so the three game series we head to pittsburgh to play the pirates a little reunion with Andrew McCutcheon this weekend. And then we head out to a place we love to play to start August for a four-game series. Miami. Yeah. Um, we have a four-game series in Miami. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we come home and we play Collins, Kansas City Royals for three. My Kansas City Royals? Yes. Why? Why not? So, it's three against the Pirates. It's four against the Marlins. And then it's three at home against the Kansas City Royals. So that's a 10-game span. I are we doing the expectation? or are No, we doing... I am saying what we should. I, we should sweep the Pirates. Because they stink. Um, we'll probably end up losing one because we're the Phillies. So we'll go two and one. And then against the Marlins, we'll split because we never play well there. So two plus two is four. That's four and three. And then the Royals at home um, that Friday, they're giving away a Phillies, a sustainable Phillies cap. The Saturday. Oh, they got to win on the cap day. I'm going to that game. Saturday is photo night. Sunday, they're giving away a Schwarber jersey for kids, which is ridiculous because I wish I was a kid so I could get the jersey. Um, so we should treat the Royals. So real. So what I'm thinking, Colin, personally, seven and three. I'm going to go seven and three too. Woo! I we agree on something. I have them sweeping the pot. Everyone's hopes up, splitting with the Marlins, and then they're everyone's kind of like, eh. Then they're gonna lose the first game of the Royal Series. When I'm there, come and then, and then everyone's gonna complain. No, no, These no, no, These guys no. are terrible. No, 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 no. Can we not? Can we not do the first game, please? Because I'll be there. I'm just telling you how I see this. No, no. And then I'll they're gonna be... win the last two, and Ben's gonna be sad. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I, blood today. I'm going to my. I'm going to my friend. It's my friend's like birthday that day. Which is why we're going. So I'm trying to like. So it's, it's, they should win for his birthday. How old is friend turning? 15. I think there are going to be 15 Phillies runs that night. Let's go! How many will the Royals score? 16. 16 <laughs> One for good luck. All right, anyway, so we're both going 7-3. and three. This was a very exciting episode. We, agree, we disagreed on a lot, but something we can agree on is that you should go to SeatGeek and use code Philly Sports Report and save $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Um, yeah, so that's this has been it from us. We love Phillies baseball. Colin, anything, anything else with your with your San Luis Cardinals shirt on recording a Phillies podcast? I don't know. Do you want me to say anything else? I don't know if I want myself to no, say um, So, um... Rate us on the podcast apps if you're listening there. Even if you're not, rate us. Uh, just give us five stars if you really feel like it. That, that would be appreciated. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, all of our links are in the bio of the YouTube channel of the YouTube video. 
Um, if not, if you're not listening on YouTube, then go to phillysportsreports.com to read the articles. Philly Sports Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Um, then follow Colin and I on Twitter and follow Colin on Threads because he's on Threads now. You're not on Threads. I I can't have two accounts on Threads, so I've just typed the Philly Sports Sports account. Can't have two. Is that like an Instagram thing? You can't have multiple accounts. And on Instagram, I have multiple accounts, but for Threads, I have to like log in and log out. It's a pain in the tuchus. I can't just switch, so I don't do it. Makes sense. All right, well, I do believe that is all from us. Do all those things Ben told you. We would really, really appreciate that. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Go Phillies. Bye.